Nick Nolte and you're listening to the movie guys. <laughs> Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about an actor from 7th Heaven making a touching kids movie instead of a touching kids movie are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Stephen Collins? <laughs> This is the same week that we're doing that Disney Kids movie with Adam. <laughs> In all fairness, Carell. I don't know if he documented his exploits. Who? Stephen Collins. No, it's just a funnier joke that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted it, right? Well, I see what you mean. Oh, yeah. The yeah. wife actually recorded him admitting it. In his therapy session. Yeah. I thought we were in a safe place. Uh, you would I think. thought <laughs> the nest of security. No? Yeah. The secrecy nest? No, no? if you're okay. on the couch and you've been diddling kids, any diddle? No security. Yeah. Yeah, because even but but even a psychiatrist can't bring up something illegal that happened if it's in this the sacred what circle is of the, trust. Uh, no, does, I don't yeah, know. can they go to the authorities? Adam, tell us in your experiences. Yes, well, of all the many ah! therapy sessions and of all any the- actor from Star Trek One is just <laughs> I knew, somewhat guilty. I knew he was in one of those. Is it Star Trek One? Yeah, Star Trek we had One. To bring it back around to movies. Ah! He's the new white guy in Star Trek yeah, One. <laughs> He's the only other white guy, yeah. Who, like, he's the new he's addition to the cast. To death. Who's but he's Mr. Not Squeaky Clean, female. right? Seventh Heaven was, was played like a, a family. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean the cast is, right? Hey, Wilford Brimley never did this. Mm. You're Michael God Landon? damn right he did damn right. <laughs> Wilford Brimley would never betray our trust touch like that. Touch his butthole. <laughs> touch your butthole and touch, touch it off. And Don't there's touch no your reason not to. Well, with Touch Your Butthole, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Hashtag Touch Your Butthole. <laughs> Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. And don't forget, a man may be the head of the house, but a woman is the neck, and she can turn the head any way she wants. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in beautiful downtown Burbank. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show from us every week. Basically, search the internets and Googles, and we come right up. iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher. And, of course, the themovieguys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe where you can, and if you do, still, no charge. Uh, speaking of the themovieguys.net, uh, newly posted to the site is a review from uh, our indie film critic, Justin Bowler, covering motivational growth. Which is actually the story of his chest. <laughs> Have you seen his Facebook photos yeah, lately? he has bigger boobs than I do. He does. Not Justin? boobs in yeah. a girly way. Justin. Like what uh, t-shirt pets. contest Justin? Let's right? bring up personal information about one of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's... Uh, he, I was making he a motivational good. growth. He's all motiv- yes. Yeah, he's if all If you're muscular. following Justin on Facebook, you're following his, uh, his uh, gym challenge. Yes. Since January 1st. So and yeah, I he's have, showing off that I chest. have failed the challenge. I was he, just, is that meet as many gyms as possible? <laughs> or right? what, I missed it. <laughs> I was on the gen like challenge. Yeah. <laughs> James, I'm going to count it. <laughs> uh, you can find showcasts like the one you're listening to on a couple of internet radio stations as well, including WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern and JonasMountRadio.com Thursdays at 6 Eastern, who last I looked were also not charging. Wow. I'm your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. And later in the show, we will be joined by actress and star of a new Ooh. horror film, Dawn of the Crescent Moon, Ooh. Tracy Birdsong. Yay, Yay, Tracy Birdsong. And bringing a guest. We'll get oh, into that yeah. later. Can oh, guests yeah. bring guests? Guests can bring guests. <laughs> wow. Unprecedented. Very exciting. What other show has guests that bring guests? <laughs> None. None, I say. Yeah. It's all they can do just to get the first guest. That's there. right. Well, we always have a very special guest here. The cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Son of a bitch no, is back. I learned from the guest of the guest that we need to get a cat in here. Yeah. 
for the guest the, of the, the gets cat should be should here. Be here. I think you got to go back to Johnny Carson to have guests that brought guests. Didn't uh, who would come on? Like, Bert would always bring Dom. Dom, Dom Deloise. Right? Right, yeah. I don't think Dom was ever invited to a show. Well, we'd be joined later by Tracy's Dom Deloise. That's so kind of exciting. <laughs> and if you close your eyes, they look exactly alike. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. If Actually, don't, ladies, no. you'll want to tune in. Uh, so right. let's see. This show will bring you some uh, movie reviews. Uh, a little what did you see this week we'll play that later Karen's birthdays and we'll tip into the Hollywood Reporter to look at upcoming horror film origin mm. stories right. mm. so that's bound to be stupid and of course <laughs> as we do every show we're bringing you our patented movie previews three films to discuss this week including the origin story of one of the great heroes of cinema and literature Dracula wait what <laughs> oh, okay now I'm curious it's Dracula Untold also, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall in The Judge. Here come the judge! Here come the judge! Here come the judge! Here come the judge! And Alexander. <laughs> no one was alive. Back when, used when to comedy be wasn't that hard. <laughs> really? That, that was not working at all. No. No work involved in that? All those people left. We were talking about it 30 years ago. You know, I wanted 40. to try and find a drop of the judge from Hee Haw. Remember they always had that judge thing? And oh, I couldn't yeah. remember the catchphrase or whatever. Talk about the the phone at an end show, man. Hee haw! <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, but but to be fair, I watched hee haw clips for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch laughing for an hour. You yeah. give me an hour. You were just waiting do. for the girls to pop out of the corn. As well. <laughs> All right, doom, despair, <laughs> and agony, agony on me. me. Clearly, we never saw an episode. No, no never, never, never seen it. Or Sean, I know. Never oh. followed the new oh. Ed game when I was growing up. Not at all. Uh, oh, and what else was there in the movie? There's another movie. Oh, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. For Alexander, life couldn't get worse. For his family, life couldn't be better. But one day can change everything. Or what I like to call Alexander and the... When does Foxcatcher come out? <laughs> Because that's the Steve Carell movie I really want. Oh, okay. Yeah. Foxcatcher. Right. Oh, wait, yeah. the wrestling one where yeah. he's a wrestling coach. Yeah, which is like killing at festivals. That's going to be cool. With Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo. Mm. Yeah, it's Ooh. the new Bennett Miller film. The guy made Moneyball and Capote. <gasps> I just looks fantastic. pictured Channing Tatum in a slinglet. Right? You'll be wearing one. Singlet. 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 Right? Now, is this the first wrestling movie since Vision Quest? I do believe it is. The wrestler. Win Win was a wrestler, but that's a little different. Paul Giamatti. And what? the wrestler, the re- well, like well, a few and far between. But this isn't big time wrestling. This is no, wrestling wrestling, right? This is wrestling wrestling. I know of only two. It is, yeah. I only I know of only two wrestling movies outside of big time wrestling. Um, the uh, Vision Quest yeah. with uh, Linda Matthew Fiorentino. McConaughey, Matthew Modine, no, Modine. Oh. Modine. I'm like what? McConaughey, McConaughey, and, <laughs> and the guy who played Jake in Sixteen Candles. Was also in Vision Quest. Only in like two movies. Only two movies. They moved to Wisconsin to do woodworking or something. Yep, he's a carpenter. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only other wrestling movie was one with, um, who was the best man that we ran into in that bar? The uh, best man, Lorenzo Lamas's best man. Oh Lorenzo, L- 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 there was another movie with Lorenzo Lamas, <laughs> and that was a wrestling. That was the only two like high school wrestling movies I've ever seen. By the way, I would like to say this is the first time hearing of the Foxcatcher. <laughs> so for the rest of the show, if we impart no new information or usable information, we've done something tonight. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, we may have already talked more about that than Alexander and the whatever. The Fine. Name. Deservedly so. All right, let's get on to our movies. In our first film, Dracula gets the three hundred treatment with plenty of exploding wood and. In slow-mo shots of sword fighting. <laughs> Unfortunately, this time, all the men seem to be wearing shirts. Sorry, Karen. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot you really should be sorry for in that sentence. <laughs> it's Dracula Untold. Adam? Exploding wood. Now, that's the third parody. Yeah, that's oh, right. 300, right? 
the true origin story, Exploding Wood. Uh, with Dracula Untold, we have the perfect October date movie. Take my verb for it. If you want to make out with a young lady, take her to see Dracula. <laughs> yes, Dracula has clearly hired the same publicist as the Terminator, Maleficent, the Wicked Witch of the West, and the Wicked Witch of the West, as this retelling of this horror icon tells us all the very good and positive reasons he drank the blood of thousands he murdered. Unlike Bella Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. <laughs> no, he's very much alive. Dracula Origins, <laughs> Genesis, The Beginning, gives us insight to what Dracula, played here by fake Orlando Bloom, Luke Evans, was really like and what obsessions drove him. Here's a clip. How do you do? It is I, the Count. They call me the Count because I love to count things. I, I was just playing my beautiful would be more exciting. Listen <laughs> to the lovely notes. More informative than it thought it would be. Beautiful. Right, that might not have been from the movie. Yeah. In the movie, we go way back to Dracula's beginning and find out new facts and old secrets that finally see the light of day, so to speak. For example, Vlad the Impaler got his nickname for his sexual prowess. I don't give a shit where the stuff I love comes from. I just love the stuff I love. Are you sure, Patton Oswalt? Because this movie tells you all about how the world's most famous vampire came into being, how he was a good, honest, and decent, and wanted to protect his family. Hey, do you like Angelina Jolie? Does she give you a big boner? Well, here's John Voight's ball sack. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Wood joke and a boner joke within, like, five seconds. And a ball sack just for you know, yeah. a cherry. That's the movie, measure. guys. When a sultan takes a thousand children from Transylvania for his army, including the son of Prince Vlad Tepes. Correct. Te 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 Ding. The prince makes a bargain with some local Nosferatus to give him superhuman <laughs> powers to go to war with the sultan's forces. Now... What would you pay for all this power? Jeez, I don't know, Paul. I know what you're thinking. $100? $200? Sure. No. <laughs> You can get all this power and the ability to turn into a flock of bats for the what? low, low price of your eternal soul, no, no. an insatiable wow. thirst for human blood, and no trips to the beach. Hey, Yay! Hey. Wow. Sign me up. I want one of those. Should I order now or are people standing by? 1999. <laughs> Flying by. <laughs> Unlike recent revisionist vampires where they do everything including eat garlic bread and go to church, Dracula Untold goes full vampire, including the one thing no vampire movie does anymore, which is turn into a bat. No. Making this the original Batman Begins. Hey, now. But besides that goof title, <laughs> this story of Dracula fighting against all odds to retain his kingdom and family did undergo many different titles during production, including Dracula Year One, which producers felt audiences might mistake for the sequel to Vampire Academy. And naturally, Dracula and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Immortality. <laughs> Although the trailer doesn't mention it, I assume he can still be killed with a stake to the heart. Because that kills everything. I have to say, though, if one of the downsides of Ultimate Power is no war during daylight, <laughs> it may not be the shortcut to domination you're looking for. The sequel's already greenlit, Paul, with no story or script, so they're calling it Dracula Untitled. There you go. Oh. Let's look for that. Probably next year if we know how The Conjuring works. Crank out another sequel. I love I love all this rebooting and revisioning and you know a new Dracula and doing I mean this does like all kinds of crazy fun stuff it takes you know it takes part of like the opening to uh, you know Bram Stoker's Dracula and then 
sort of merges it with 300 or something. And uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it did have a lot of giant armies, 300 ness about it. Yeah. Like huge computer generated shots of massive armies and yeah, sword can't, fighting. And, can't have 100 guys versus 100 guys anymore. Yeah. It's got to be like 100,000 versus 100,000. Yeah. Is it going to be weird for you, though, Paul? Because I know that you don't <coughs> like bats and you have this weird, like, jerky I, thing. I, I am, I know for a fact <laughs> they're going to land in my hair. I know. <laughs> and that's why when I was watching the preview, at one point they just started coming from everywhere. And if you saw that in the theater. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't go to like How a many real times good, has this I happened should, to you, Paul? I should, wait, never. 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 But it will. That's never. because I'm on guard. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's vigilant. That's, that's why I need to go to the, the Valley Plaza Six. If I, you know, won't be so realistic then. I'll be like, yeah, this is a shit production exactly. or shit projection. People will be screaming, "Get him! Get him! Drag <laughs> yeah. him!" Yeah, I, mean, I won't be worried about the. Yeah, I'll be so wanting to shush everybody. I won't be concerned with the bats. <laughs> Wham! Who yeah. brought twelve five-year-olds to Dracula Untold? <laughs> Offensive to me is this. This is from the trailer. Welcome to. What is it you are seeking? I want the power to destroy my enemies and save my family. Leave tears for fears alone. (laughs) What'd they ever do to you, movie? Question in the back. Is that Lourdes? It's everyone doing Lourdes now. This is the way to sing now. Fake... Fake vowels. You know, no one talks like this, but hey, when it's time to sing, Sorry, I wrong. And we went from from women uh, grunting and groaning. (laughs) That song. That was an amazing Britney impersonation. Change the way you say your vowels. (laughs) Clearly, they did not have Mary Charbonnet's stage voice class. Everything is annoying. Clearly not. (laughs) That's a lot of vowels in that name. Lee, that is a solid point. Maybe what we'll call that? that the show. I said everything is annoying me now. Uh, <laughs> Grandpa. That's why you're here. You're here because you don't like movies or because it, because it means people. He doesn't like movies. I don't he like doesn't going like out going out. Yeah. No I love theaters. movies if I didn't have to go to the theater. Yeah. I don't like it when they have these previews and the yeah. blowing. But in the middle of that, you heard Charles dance. We did. Great actor Charles yes. dance. What is it you see? Oh, yeah. This is full on... The Gravitas cast, casting company he, put this uh, group of he's actors He's the villain together. from The Golden Child, correct? Oh, I love that. You may be right. He's the villain from Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero is the only really good thing yeah. about Last Action Hero. I, 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 I want right the bass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want the bass. Yeah, and it's all, this movie is, there's there's going to be no, I, Golden I predict, there's no humor in this movie. It no. is just going to be. There may not be intentionally humor in this movie. Well, yes. That's true. I do like that. I love that. I mean, you got me at the moment of the trailer. Like he he turns to the camera and smiles, and then just runs off the cliff and turns into a giant flock of bats. Yeah, not just that one. Right. That a is flock. flock. That is missing from the. From no, the, nobody. Yeah, right. Nobody in Twilight nobody turns into bats. bats. Nobody turns into oh. bats anymore. Yeah. The last one was probably Bram Stoker's Dracula turned into a giant. Yeah, they about twenty years. He used to be able to turn into mist as well. Maybe he can do that. And flock of bats is another '80s band. I hope they leave alone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't screw a flock of bats up. Because All right, well, listen, according to the uh, according to the movies, no one can be just plain evil anymore, right? This is what we're learning from Dracula. Yeah. We have to go back to their childhood and find out why. What bad upbringing, wrongdoing, or lost love made them become the lunatic they grew up to eventually become. Regardless of how Dracula Untold does, Maleficent has already made over $750 million worldwide. So a number of backstory films have been greenlit. And they're listed in the most recent Hollywood Reporters. You guys have that? Oh, oh, the most recent one? I have the most recent one right here. Pretty sure I have the exact same one. You guys do. Do you have the most recent one, Adam? Yeah, right here. Clearly. Here it says. These are all the most recent, yet they have different covers. Well. 
It's niche marketing. <laughs> Only yeah. if you're watching on YouTube. Now these are these <laughs> they are. They sound uh, the same. <laughs> these are movies uh, greenlit. They're they're going back to discover the backstory of some famous uh, villains. Let's yep. see what we have here. For oh, yeah? example, opening next year mm-hmm. after okay. four Jaws movies, we're finally going to get the backstory of the famous great white shark. Oh, oh I've been wanting to know this. Right. Well, it turns out Jaws got a bad taste for humans in Jaws baby teeth. Detailing Jaws' time as a lowly sleight of hand artist in the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Now, after an encounter with Japanese fishermen, Jaws not only flees to New England but gains empathy from the audience. Hmm. The encounter with the Japanese fisherman took its toll as he ends up with a damaged fin. Aww. Aww. But soon the story takes a heartwarming miracle worker turn when he meets Ashley Judd and Harry Connick Jr. (laughs) Who give him artificial flippers to continue his sleight of hand magic Hmm. because he loves doing it so much. Paul, look right here. Yes, yeah, so the Nodding. knowing Karen's giving me the knowing Ashley Judd nod. That was a dead-on impersonation <laughs> of Ashley you. Judd. Smiling, you do a very nod. good Ashley Judd nodding. Sadly, uh, his first sleight of hand show at Amity Beach, uh, which has a lot of interaction, the show <laughs> confuses Beach. swimmers and Jaws is mistaken for a cold-blooded oh. killer. Oh, and that's where that the next the movie picks up. Yeah, well, yeah. it's gonna oh, be hard to do the, the sleight of hand with fins. People think you're trying to kill. So him. he uses his mouth, and then yeah, yeah. The teeth the get in. That's too bad. Yep. Hey Lee, check this out. What page are you on in the Hollywood Reporter? I'm on page. Oh, me too. They get right to it. Uh, (laughs) It's a big story. I see here that Jeffrey Dahmer will be getting a reboot. Oh, really? As a misunderstood hero in the fall release of To Serve Man, Uh, (laughs) which tells the story of a young Jeffrey Dahmer so moved by the cause of health and dietary purity Ah. that he fought against the agricultural damage caused by vegetarians by going humanitarian. Wait. How considerate. Creating a diet entirely of teenage boys. (laughs) His intentions are misunderstood by the local police, who put our hero in prison, leaving his diet book, A Sociopath's Guide to Dining at Gay Bars, unpublished. Right when you think he's an evil bastard. I know, right? You get this other turn. There's there's always another side to the story. There's always more to it than you think. For example, (laughs) tell us. Here's another synopsis I think we'll all find very interesting. I look forward to hearing it, Lee. <laughs> all little Adolf wanted was to play softball with his friends. Yeah. But hmm. what happens when a young man's dreams of building team spirit in his community turns into a nightmare? <laughs> Only World War II, that's what happens. Ugh, that After happens. getting the local SS shop, Salty's <laughs> Sporting Goods, to be exact, to sponsor the entire league, Adolf thought his plan for societal harmony was falling into place until one faithful day when a gas leak in the showers of the local gymnasium where they practiced led to tragic consequences. This fall, look forward to a blitzkrieg of their own. Oh. Oh. So Hitler, I assume. Is there crying crying in blitzkrieg? There's a lot of crying in a blitzkrieg of their own. (laughs) Schultze. And finally, I'm just looking here in my uh, Hollywood Reporter, which is all about watches. So that's oh, very exciting. I have the, uh, the watch edition. I have the, the watch Bulova edition. But edition. it's the most recent watch edition. Yeah. It says, finally, the news of the all-female Ghostbusters, which was announced this today. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. It's a go. Yeah. It's a go. All-female Ghostbusters, Paul Feig is going to be writing it. How did real news end up on our fake Hollywood reporters? I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> I got confused for a minute. I thought we were reading the fake Hollywood oh, reporters. well, we accidentally slipped that in there. Fake Hollywood all right, reporters. So, Oxymoron. <laughs> we have the news of an all-girls Ghostbusters. Report. It's going forward. So soon after that, we'll see a whole film detailing the backstory of Mr. Stay Puffed. Huh. More than just a creepy apparition, Mr. Stay Puffed started out as petty officer third-class Stay Puffed, mm. a chubby naval <laughs> recruit with a penchant for floating along distances making him an asset in espionage maneuvers. Mm. He also liked docking in city ports and making it with the ladies. If I know what I mean. Right? Until one day, (laughs) he found the woman of his dreams, Ms. Fluffernutter, 
But before he could pledge his love to her, an unfortunate encounter with Gozer by campfire launches him into a life of mob-style hits on buildings. Or steps on buildings, whichever you like. (laughs) All this and more in How to Be Mellow. (laughs) Uh, well, well, there you go. That's well, I uh, want to see. I promised you'd be stupid. It w- <laughs> Fluffernutter is a very sexy sounding sandwich. I never really thought about that till just and now. Why is there not a porn star called Stacy Fluffernutter? Or it will be now. Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> C- C- Carrie Fluffernutter. <laughs> Fluffy Nutter. Where's Fluffy, Fluffy Nutter? Nutter? So what you're saying, Paul, is that they're revising <laughs> all these villains. <laughs> yes. You know what's fun is you don't really think of Mr. Stay Puffet as, as a villain, but he's the bad guy. Him and Dickless. In our next film, <laughs> finally, the true story of the life of Judge Reinhold comes to the big screen in The Judge. Uh, actually, Paul, you're confusing this movie with the November release, The Reinhold. Oh, let me see here for a second. Oh, yes, yes. I see. Uh, for our next film, Robert Downey Jr. trades in his superhero armor for emotional armor in The Judge. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> This is a serious movie about serious people doing serious things, but you don't have to take our word for it. The movie will tell you itself. Dad cannot go to prison. You cannot lose this case. Oh, the music will tell you as well. (laughs) In the film, Downey plays Hank Palmer, a successful metropolitan attorney who returns to his hometown of Carlinville, Indiana. Sounds hilarious. Uh Mm -hmm. When his mother passes away. I was wrong. (laughs) There he's forced to not only confront the past he thought he'd left behind him, but he also has to remove his Obama bumper sticker. <laughs> the funeral reconnects Hank with his estranged father, Joe, a local judge played by Robert Duvall. You can tell they're related because they share the family name, Robert. <laughs> Their relationship has grown distant over after they became Facebook friends, revealing to Joe his son's stance on Obamacare. <laughs> the father and son's relationship is tested as Joe is accused of murder, and Hank is called on to represent his father in court. I'm sure Duvall looks guilty because he's probably killing it in this role. Zing. Zing. It's funny because it's true. Fitting that Robert Duvall should play a judge because every time he's on screen, it's like he's holding court. They keep coming. The thorn in his side is the prosecuting attorney played by Billy Bob Thornton wearing his courtroom hair. (laughs) (laughs) He really wants to see Joe Fry. Lest you think there's any good to this character, he is named... Dwight Dickum. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. <laughs> no doubt from the law firm of Dewey Dickum and Howe. <laughs> and Vera Figuera Formiga plays a local who's so smart and sexy, it begs the question, why is she still in this small town? Baggage. Yeah. The film also stars friend of the movie showcast David Crumholtz, who was a guest on our show in May. Looks like the uh, movie guy's bump is still working. So there you go. You got that to look forward to, Tracy. It's 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 Vera Efermiga, right? Efermiga. 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 For the record, both both guest and guest of guest laughed at courtroom hair. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, People it is. Know about it's, the hair. it's a sensibility that we all have. We already know what that means. Yeah. So yeah. he I especially think, is a proud. Uh, Involver of, is that the word of his hair? Abuser? Yeah. He takes part in your theory. Yes, Billy Bob. Yes. Whatever movie, what hair do I need? The time is right for my occasional hair. Oh yeah. God, I saw on the train the other day, and I thought of you. <laughs> oh, there was no. occasionally. It's so good. wonderful in Hollywood yeah. that occasionally you'll just 
there would be just James Brown across from you on the train because he's coming from some, you know. And it was just James Brown sitting on the train, just completely James Browned out with the James Brown hair and the James Brown suit. I saw Elvis like this on a bus. I have a great picture of just oh, yes. an entire bus of just really sad people and then just Elvis at the very center of the bus. That's that's Hollywood, right? You've got to get a James Brown uh, wig. This was the wig I want to see you just show up and have everyone say whatever they want, but the more times you just show up with your James Brown hair, that yeah. just, that's it's, just Bart's hair. He's wearing jeans today. <laughs> oh, he's wearing his James Brown hair. But on a, that's on a black guy, it's James Brown. On a white guy, you could be Yahoo serious if you're not kidding. <laughs> I would like to think more Michael Landon. Ooh. Ooh. Get your you Michael know, Landon hair. Michael Landon always looked like he was getting ready to film a werewolf movie. <laughs> And it's no fair. A guy like Michael Landon goes into a barbershop, they charge him $6. I go in, they charge me $6. He's got, like, way more hair. <laughs> He's got a lot more hair. <laughs> Isn't the Lonely the Guys Club? Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. Lonely Guy Club. Oh, is that in there? Yeah. It's in there. Uh, I was going to give you a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And I referenced Yahoo Serious. Anyone it's else want to get in on the <laughs> 80s references? <laughs> from, That's oh. not a knife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, pick the popular one. <laughs> Shoot, I have to think of one. I couldn't go obscure enough. Uh, I'm excited. I think Billy Bob actually is one of the great actors we have. and I, I'm, uh, Both he and Duvall look to be in good roles in this. Don't I mean, that was a time when, when uh, Billy Bob was in a simple plan, The Man Who Wasn't There, and Monster's Ball. All back to back to back. Then Those he started three a band. great movies. And then he started a band. <laughs> then and he went Tina. <laughs> he went Tina Yothers on us. Yeah. What I like about him, I think this movie is a great reminder that he is a really good actor. But what I think I know about him is that the whole reason he did, did Sling Blade is because he wanted to be an actor, not because he wanted to make movies. Yeah. Right. It was kind of the uh, Good Will Hunting thing. Like, right. yeah, I'll so, write something myself. Rocky. Yeah. But with the, yeah, with, exactly. the objection, yeah, with the uh, with the objective of being an actor, not a filmmaker. Yeah, I think that's pretty. Yeah, he's only directed one or two times since then. Right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's excellent. So and then Duvall as well plays so many supporting characters nowadays. But this looks like a big meaty role, and you know what? He's going to be great oh, because yeah. he, when you give him the big meaty role, like in Get Low, with mm-hmm. one with Bill Murray recently, he just he just nails it because he's going to nail whatever size the role is. It's up to Hollywood to give an 81-year-old guy a decent role, and it looks like they do here. I know that RDJ produced this with his wife, and I found it funny. There was a tweet that went out, and it said, go to see the judge. It was from RDJ, and he said, go see the judge so that people will want to see movies with pe- people in them again, something like that. Oh, about mm. a, So the audiences will go see movies about people, and it just it was the idea that it's a relationship movie, and, and Paul brought up this point. He goes, that's coming from Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shoot. So that's both kind of, eh, whatever. But it also means, that, well, I like, guess it's coming from Iron Man. So even he's saying, <laughs> he's saying there's room for everything. Wait so a minute. Are cool. you suggesting nothing explodes in this movie? I think that's what he was trying to say. Oh. Just a little bit of wood. Other no, than that, no nothing else exploded. Karen's wood will explode. No explodes. Right? She's all over the Robert Downey Jr. This is a very exciting week. On Saturday, I'm going to go see RDJ. And then I think tomorrow, Bill Murray's movie is opening. Yeah, we're going to cover St. Vincent in a couple of weeks. Crazy. But that's when it opens nationally. It turns out, Opens in LA this weekend. Hmm. So close. That's why we live here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, does everything work out in the end of the judge? Tough to tell, but uh, we learn a little bit about uh, about what's going on, and will these characters learn about life, love, and family? We learn about that a little bit from the trailer. Let me let me play this for you, and you'll see. I'll paint your father as a holier than thou prick, determined to see what he considers justice served. My father is a holier than thou prick, determined to see what he considers justice served. So it's going to be a light day. <laughs> That's funny. That music says clearly people are going to learn about themselves in, others, in this movie. <laughs> I also heard to bring tissues. Maybe. Oh. 
Now, anytime a movie wraps itself up in a folksy montage of everyone theater. enjoying their story. <laughs> <laughs> we're done talking about exploding wood. <laughs> Cut it out. Sorry, Paul. You That's were, all right. When a movie, you were saying. When a movie is Sorry, Paul, you were doing a show. Yeah. Hey, you wrote something that you're actually trying to say? Pardon me. When a movie talks, uh, takes time to have its characters learn about life, love, family, and happiness, we call it in the movie guysopedia, go in Salisbury Hill. Yeah. As soon as a trailer goes Salisbury Hill, you know people are going to learn something. You know, mm -hmm. things are going along, and it's kind of fun, and we're having a good time, and suddenly... You know, Dad's really sick. Uh-oh. It's a time of adventure. Yeah. Look, all of he wants understanding. is for you kids to spend five days in a house. <laughs> Together? Oh, I, lost the, I lost the music. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to bring it in at the okay. right time. Look, we're all going to have to figure this out. Together. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like this fake Mumford and Sons type yeah, music. Yeah, so, so much better than the real Mumford and Sons. <laughs> <That's yeah. laughs> right. So that's what Trey has been using lately. I mean, you heard it. Let me play that clip again, and you'll hear it right at the end. I'll paint your father as a holier than thou prick determined to see. Oh, that clip's too long. But anyway, you know, at the end of it, it starts going. <laughs> and let's. Uh, that seems to be a new thing. I bet it wouldn't have worked with really good dramas of the past, and that's why those trailers looked and sounded different. Uh, let's just hear an example right here. Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. <laughs> it's about a father and a, and son, a son and life. <laughs> also, should have said spoiler alert there, sir. Oh, right? <laughs> uh, here, here's another one. You look terrible. I should eat. I want you to rest well in a month from now. This Hollywood big shot's going to give you what you want. Too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> I actually really like that one. It's about a family. The first, <laughs> the first three inside. words you can't understand without context yeah. of the movie. I had no oh, idea. Blah, blah. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's little, could have been from Rocky. Could, I thought. <laughs> it could have been Arnold. Yeah, this one. Oh, speaking of which. Uh -oh. I'll be back. <laughs> it's about a boy and a machine. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. We've had something. Uh, <laughs> Just like life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. We've had something for Adam, something for Karen. Sorry, sure. Lee, we're shit out of luck because our final film is for somebody, but it's not anybody in this room. Thank oh. God. <laughs> we are not the demographic for Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. But we're stuck talking about it anyway. Lee, here we go. Maybe you could put on your kid hair, Lee. <laughs> oh! <laughs> put on your moppy kid hair. Kids only have moppy hair in movies, right? <laughs> I want to look mus must or tussled. You should look tussled. <laughs> Hey, remember the TV show Malcolm in the Middle? Well, Hollywood hopes you don't. <laughs> the classic children's book Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day comes to the big screen to the annoyance of people that put the letters on movie theater marquees everywhere. Much like the book, the movie presents event after event in the worst day of a child's life. I haven't read the book, but I assume he wakes up to find both parents killed by a drone, <laughs> lives off food from dumpsters until he's sold into sex slavery. That sounds like a terrible day. Or maybe they should call this Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad, First World Day. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander and the Horrible, Shitty, Awful, Stupid, Fuck-Faced, Dickhead, Asshole, Jerkoff Day stars Steve Carell, star of the most popular TV show since Seinfeld, Horton Hears a Who, Date Night, Despicable Me, Get Smart, Evan Almighty, and dozens of widely, widely popular mainstream projects befitting a star of his caliber. And yet... One look at this makes me scream, sell out! Right. 
Alexander in the gruesome, infected, hideous, sickening, no good, very bad genocide also stars Jennifer Garner, who seems to be taking it easy. But the real person you have to look at for two hours is Alexander, played by Ed Oxenbold, mm. whose lisp is annoying and too full of spit to be cute. After he speaks his first line in the trailer, Here, here's a clip. <laughs> Pretty sure that's him. Also, we might be he might be a midget or growth-stunted adult presented as a kid, and that never goes down easy with me. If her sons aren't causing disasters left and right, then they're growing leaves from their legs in the odd life of Timothy Green. Is Hollywood telling us that Jennifer Garner shouldn't be allowed to procreate? Keep her away from that Juno kid, that's all I'm saying. Right? This trailer has two distinct halves. The first half seems to suggest that this movie is about a kid having a bad day. Mm -hmm. The second part seems to be about his father having a bad day. It's as if the filmmakers knew that 15 seconds into the trailer they're going to lose any potential audience member under 8 years of age. But that's also right about when mom and dad will look up and say, Hey look, Steve Carell has another movie up. Now, which kind is it? A zany, wacky kid movie or a Steve Carell vehicle? Well, that's for you to decide because the, clearly the movie can't. Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day because the original title, Wackiness Ensues, didn't test well with 8 to 12 year olds. There you go. Surprise. I'd love to be at that test, by the way, with the 8 to 12 year olds. They, they didn't know what just ensues push. meant. That's right. Ensues. Now, whenever you see something you like in the trailer, just push the eat. Not yet. I mean, I just, <laughs> a lot of that probably goes on. They just on. like pressing the button. Eat, eat, kids. Eat, eat, And at the end of that test, they're all covered with jelly. All the, <laughs> all the buttons are just sticky. That's why they don't test on kids anymore. They're clogging up the dials here. Right. And the cell phone guys come in for their... Focus group. It's like, what the? I think you're right. Even if kids don't have anything on them that's sticky, it just comes out of them. Why do you have jelly on you? There isn't jelly within a mile of here. Where'd you get a peanut butter sandwich? Where is their paste for them to eat? I haven't seen paste in like 30 years. They got it and they're eating it. Should I give my kid a lisp if I? We're not going to have a kid. Oh, I used to have a lisp. Yeah, but why didn't you keep Was it? Was it cute? You should have worked in you I should have worked in I've used it before. I use it when I do a little shop. I bring it right back. And well, then you, I talk like this, and it's very easy to do. You know well, what you do is you just smack him right snick. before each take. You just right. pop him in the chops. <laughs> then he has a lisp or he doesn't. He does. And oh, then yeah. That way you don't have to get any permanent dental work done. Excellent. The movie showcast in no way endorses childhood. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to use a technique. Just trying to make kids acting. great like the great Santini was. <laughs> you going to cry? You going to cry now? You going to cry? You going to cry now? You going to cry now? This is actually probably, probably the biggest <laughs> example of a movie that makes me glad I don't have children and don't have to go to this yeah. movie. Uh, yes. This looks like horrible, right. horrible movie. Like you'd go see Epic or something. I'd see Epic. I'd to, see right? Up. I'd see Frozen. I'd this. see the Box Trolls. Yeah, I'd take my, I'd I take my kids yeah. to Box Trolls. Yeah. No yeah. That'd be the one like I'd go to. This is exactly the movie. Oh, who am I kidding? I take my kids to Chainsaw 3D. Work it out later. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be some splaining to do, but it's yeah. eventually you're going to have to talk about that stuff anyway, right? <laughs> Work it's, this out with a different adult when you're older. <laughs> It's your college fund or your therapy. You, you decide. You get to make that <laughs> it's decision. Money. It's your yeah. money. You decide. College or therapy. Uh, what's interesting to note in the trailer for Alexander and the terrible title? What is interesting? <laughs> is Tell us, Paul. How it must differ from the book. Oh, right? that's oh. Right. It's you watch based a trailer, on a book. That's seems, right. The trailer seems pretty of the moment, yet the uh -huh. book is from 1972. Ah. If anything here, we like to be educational on the show, right? So we'd like sure. to share with you now, after extensive research, the original text so you can see what Hollywood scriptwriters go through to update material. That, let me let me give you an example of what we're talking Please about Please do, Paul. Let me play this clip from the trailer. Once I get my license tomorrow, I kind of have everything I've ever wanted. I'm hashtag blessed, you know? 
Okay, so you know, in the original book, the kid didn't say hashtag. Yeah. Plus, they didn't have hashtags. They didn't have computers. Yeah, hashtag was just a worthless button on the phone. For some, it was just yeah. on there, right. but nobody knew what to do and with they it. They call it a pound sign. <laughs> right. So back in the book, if you look at the book, it's the kid said, "You won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore." <laughs> See how that probably wouldn't have as much oh, impact I today. See. Yeah. That's a little more 72. It, yeah, yeah, I could see where it would be of that time. And kids yeah. were a little more current with their events. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, I actually did a little research myself as well on that on that very dynamic of the book. And so uh, let's take a look at a, another moment in the trailer. Sure. Yeah. I got a call today. I have an interview for a game design firm. You could be looking at the new vice president of Lone Hill Press. See, now, back then, in 1972, they didn't have any game designers, right? No. So that's how the dialogue was originally written. Um, actually, here's how it was originally written. Uh, quote, I have an interview with the committee to reelect the president for a job with the Democratic National Committee to break into the Watergate headquarters and steal copies of top, top secret documents and bug office phones. Oh, okay. That was the original line. Okay, so that's more obviously more 70, 1972. 1972. Yeah, okay. they replaced it with game designers. Yeah, right, game right, designers right. is probably faster. Should I read that again? Because oh, no, it was great. replaced with game designers. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating, though, Lee. I got to say that. Uh, Thanks, Letterman. Sold. Hey, Paul, can we dig a little bit further into the trailer, oh, yeah, I'll please? I'll play another clip. <laughs> yes! Let's go, Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that, oh, right that couldn't have been in the book. Zing. Originally, originally she said, "Let's go deep throat." Oh, because it was 1972. <laughs> oh, see? oh, and that would have been topical then. Yeah. Oh. Political oh, bend because right. that's a movie. Come on, deep throat. Okay. <laughs> like that. Well, I guess three of us have uh, something we talked about there. So it's over. <laughs> it's gotta be more. You know, there's that. little there kids more? somewhere with sticky fingers just pressing buttons, <laughs> going, <laughs> "Make <laughs> it stop! Make it stop!" <laughs> well, that is something. <laughs> Let's look at one final way they updated the film. Uh, Paul, go ahead. I can't believe Elliot texted photoshopped pictures of me to the whole school. Nice boobs, Alexander. See, that Photoshop, obviously, right? Oh, that is, that is today's topical reference. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's great. That's there for the 2014 crowd. Smart update from the book, you know, going with Photoshop. Mm-hmm. But here I did dig up what they originally said. The book originally had the young man say, the kids recorded me at school. I'd play you the transcript, but there's an 18 and a half minute gap in the transcription. While playing my tape, the transcriber answered a phone call. Reaching for the transcription machine stop button, she said she mistakenly hit the button next to it, which was the record button. For the duration of the phone call, about five minutes, she kept her foot on the device's pedal, causing a five minute portion of the tape to be re-recorded. When she listened to the tape, the gap had grown to 18 and a half minutes, and she later insisted that she was not responsible for the remaining 13 minutes of buzz. The contents missing from the recording remain unknown to this day. Oh, that's a reference to Watergate. Wait, oh, yes. That's no. a reference to Watergate. And in all fairness, it was a book, so now you could I fill pages yeah. with words. You know, because yeah. that Unlike painted podcasts. pictures for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, 10, 15 seconds at most, and we'll be back with our guest we'll segment. We'll start joking any second. Soon it'll get crazy. Our guest segment features one of the stars of Dawn of the Crescent Moon, Tracy Birdsall. Hold yeah. tight. Here we go. Let's go, Deep Throat! <laughs> Oh, I remember my mom standing on the porch calling us for dinner that way. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on 
Jupiter and Mars. Karen, is that a piccolo or a flute? You know, I have a flute because I have yes. my fingers so far apart. Exactly. <laughs> well mimed. Well mimed. Hey, welcome back. And uh, joining us for the rest of the show is our guest this week, an actress who's appeared on the TV shows The Young and the Restless and Loving, mm. as well as over 60 commercials. Nice. And now has a flourishing indie film career, most recently appearing in Dawn of the Crescent Moon, which Ooh. will have a release very soon. Please welcome Tracy Birdsall. <laughs> Thank you. And our guest has brought a guest, as we mentioned. <laughs> awesome. Uh, joining her is the director of Starship Rising, a new film that is out on uh, video on demand and DVD and Blu-ray as well. Oh, wait, that's right, in Walmart, right? And iTunes. And iTunes. Cool. Check it out. It's The film is called Starship Rising. And the director is here, Neil Johnson, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So you can probably hear in the background, we have turned up the air conditioning. we got a full house here in our... Uh, sweaty Trying to keep everyone Burbank. not sweaty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, glad to have you all here. This is great. Um, Dawn of the Crescent Moon uh, is a new film that stars the only other big name in it, I believe, is is Barry Corbin, who I love. <laughs> I love Barry too. Barry Corbin and Brandon Smith too. Oh, who's Brandon Smith? Um, he plays the professor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got those great monologues about. Uh, tell us the plot Truth real quick, so we know what we're yeah. talking about. Um, it's basically kind of like an old throwback you know, cult classic movie, I I would like to call it, a horror classic. You know, lots of people die out at a lake. They're, past, you know, they're looking for a legend. They're following the story. I mean, let's All just, like, make stuff. this really simple here, And right? whoops, they find it. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it, and we're after the treasure, too. And, um, yeah, Barry kind of shoots us down as Cyrus. And um, so, anyway, yeah, chime in. Yeah, and the other guy, uh, I'm sorry, what was his name? Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, Smith he's mm -hmm. got the task of telling all these young students about go out and search for myths right? that they do <laughs> go die yeah, whatever you do don't die it doesn't, yeah. good luck kids uh yeah and then you have the cool task of being someone who being told about this whole story about the kids going out and looking for everything by barry so it's all your scenes are with barry which i think is cool for those well, except for one except for one i had one without barry and i was very sad. oh sure you stepped oh. outside super sad right yeah right. yeah um but for those of you who don't know barry corbin he played tom hanks boss and nothing in common he was in War Games, and he was Tommy Lee Jones' dad in No Country for Old Men. Love that guy. One of the great <laughs> character actors there is. New Country, if you've listened to the show, you know is my number two movie of all time ah. behind Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Northern Exposure. And he's on Northern Exposure, too. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. The TV right guys now, brought him up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right now he's on three primetime network shows. I mean, is the guy really? just has That's this, awesome. like, kick-ass career. I mean, oh, wow. it just keeps getting better and better. He's always flying somewhere. He's like, I'll be back in a week. I'm going to go do this movie. I'll be back in two oh, weeks. That's great. Yeah, because you said it's you amazing. kicked off a, a friendship we with him, right? We should get him in here. I would love that. Oh, oh man. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Tell him to come on in. Yeah. Yeah, we, that's a, that's Tell a him to wear his bathing suit so he'll be comfortable in the heat. Can, can he be guest of a guest? That would be yeah. <laughs> guest of a guest's guest. Yeah. There'd be no time for Nixon jokes. That guy's got so many movies. We'd have to. Yeah, we'd have oh, a lot of talking to do. Oh, and when we were shooting at night, we all hung out at the bar really late because we shot really late. I have so much video of him. He'll go into all of his old roles, and he does them exactly like he's shooting them. Mm. So you got to cool. get this. It's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Where did you shoot that movie? In Fayetteville, Texas, a town of like 264 people, I think. Wow, they must have freaked out when they saw you. They were all there. I don't think anybody slept. No. They were awake. They were like so excited. They were all part of Something it. Something was happening. It was exciting. Exactly. Wow. The town's like a little rectangle, like a bed and breakfast, <laughs> Joe's Diner, you know, the, which yeah. was also the bar. There was one other little store, a little park in the middle. That was it. It all gets square and rectangle closer to the middle of the country you get. Yeah, I right? really didn't know that. You know, I was like, <laughs> I got there. I'm like, this is it? This is all you have? Here. Where are you from? From? Here. Oh. I was born oh. in Burbank. That's oh. why. Yes, we're, we're no all kidding. from, it gets very uh, thin and there's like a mall maybe. 
and then <laughs> you figure out where and the Applebee's? Applebee's is and you go to town. We all come from cold places. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I live at the beach now, but I lived here until I was about nine. So Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, you and Tim Burton. Born and raised. Oh, there, you there, you there you go. Uh, well, let's play a little clip of you talking to Barry. This is uh, me talking to Barry. early in the film. <laughs> well, there's another guy in your I'm scene, too. To but I don't too. Know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you believe in God? I believe there are things we can never understand. You didn't answer the question. Look, there are things that you can never know. You can't reason it. You can't apply science to it. You've just got to take comfort in the fact that it's there. Knowing that there is a higher power. Now you got it. (laughs) Of course, a higher power isn't also good. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Are, it's the script. Yeah. <laughs> higher powers coming back to get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is is this a sort of thing where it's like you know uh, someone would say there's something mystical out there, and then there's a conversation on whether that there God exists or not because that's this this sort of like there's some things you can't explain. Where in horror movies that's going to kill you, but in religious studies that's because you know there's God, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of funny because it would be a, a plot spoiler, which I can do if you want. But I mean, Barry, you know that because at the end, Barry yeah. is. Mystical. No, that's true. He's sort of imparting wisdom from a. From Just a, listening from a to place. that clip, yes. I felt like he was imparting wisdom. Pretty authentic, that guy. <laughs> that right? is such a cool voice. He's one of those people that you would think people impersonate, like Goldblum and like Bill Paxton. Yeah, he has true. that kind of voice. Yeah. Mary Corbin, he got all kind of clipped off and yeah. said it. Yeah. Actually, that was pretty good. We'll work on that. That that was pretty good. Who who are you working on? And I'll work on Barry Corbin. Oh, who am I working on? I haven't been working on Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. I got my Terrence Howard almost down. And so go to dawnofthecrescentmoon.com to find out what's going to be new with that as it works its way towards release. Yes. Most likely VOD and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, they won't tell me because I do a lot of interviews. So, yeah, it's coming. Is it in festivals? You can't talk. It's been doing festivals. Yeah, it did. And then now. Now they're in the final stages, but they won't tell me anything. So does that go into like a sci-fi festival or a horror festival, or how's that? Uh... It only well, it played um, action on film, which we got best ensemble cast in that. Nice, right? It, it reminded me, if I may, about uh, we didn't see this. I don't think anyone at the table did uh, from the movie guys, at least. Uh, As above, so below, which just came out recently with the catacombs underneath Paris. Oh, oh yeah, because it's kind of like when the when the terror strike shows its face in. Uh, Dawn of the Crescent Moon, it all has to do with the past, your past, kind of. And things from your past coming back to haunt you. Flatliners, kind of. Flatliners, yeah. 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 You have to deal with it. Yeah, you become your own worst. You you become your own villain, right? Because it's like dredging up your past. Is that my mama shot herself? It's that kind of stuff. And then you got to deal with that shit. You guys are making this very deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I think that was your cue. Hey. Oh, get in here. Wait, I can't <laughs> Suck it, deep throat, <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Sorry about that. Well, I'll say, <laughs> but I also bring that up because I was waiting for that. <laughs> I also bring that up because it's important to say that I think. Well, I mean, I think it is that it's not a horribly blood splattered movie. No, you know, it, it, you get the terror from other means, and I think that's also always you more get the impressive. terror from needing to go to therapy, just like in real life. <laughs> and it's only the second <laughs> horror film I've ever done, and I never get to bleed. I never get to get hurt. How you sad don't scream is in this that? one, do you? Do you scream in this one? No. No. no not a no. scream queen? And the last no. one was um, Prophet's Game with Dennis Hopper. I was like the reporter who wove the story like in this one. So it's like mm. really, uh, if I'm going to do horror again, I really want to be like pulverized. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe die over and over again where I get to keep, you know. Right? 
That's that sounds like a script I've written. <laughs> like live, die, repeat. But that's not horror. That's not horror. But it's like my dream to like really like be ugly and get hurt and everybody else gets to yeah, get yeah. slashed up and have to have things on your face that bleed and yeah. have goo. Why is that? That all these pretty women want to just get like made ugly in movies. I've never understood. <laughs> Sarah Butler was in here. The other. She's like, oh yeah, I really want to get dirty. I, I want to look get... as good as I can no. for as long as I can, <laughs> especially when there's millions of people watching me. It's hey, got to be diversity. Get your James Brown hair. Where's my movie hair? Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> where's, my, hair where's my murder hair? Yeah, murder <laughs> hair. <laughs> I will be in a suit every scene. <laughs> Manicured. I hear you. I'd want to be in a movie where all of a sudden they're like, make her over and make yes. her pretty. Yes. I'd be like, let's do it. Yes. But uh, you're playing Eskimos. I who cares? Care. Make me pretty. Eskimos don't wear bikinis. <laughs> all right, Neil chimed in that he wrote a script. Uh, so is this something you guys are yeah, thinking about one? collaborating on? You guys yeah. have collaboration in the future? Yes. Well, we, we actually, uh, it's, it's, uh, I've got a film coming out called Descent into the Maelstrom. It's something I wrote back in 1995. We're at draft 33. Oh, is that all? Oh. Yeah. These are I great know. titles. Descent into the yeah. Maelstrom. Yes. Uh, Crescent Moon, or uh, what is it? Dawn, 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 Dawn of the, of the Crescent, Crescent Moon. Moon. These are great comic book, like, you know, ep- mm-hmm. issue titles. Well, my second <laughs> film was Bipolar Armageddon. <laughs> and how many drafts did you have with Bipolar? Three. <laughs> just so you know, just remember, rewriting is writing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, what's Thanks, the Lee. first version that Thanks, I read Lee. of the script? Was it 32 uh, you, or No, you, you dra- read draft 30, I think. Oh, okay. So at least I... And so I read this thing and it was spectacular. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 epic. Epic. Yeah. Epic. 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 Now, you, now you referred to someone uh, uh, dies and then they come back to life? Well, I, it's giving away some okay, plot points. Well, I, can, I, I was can, talking no, I about can, something else, though. I was talking about horror. No, yeah. I'm, but well, you jumped on that. Well, I didn't say that. I did not divulge any secrets. <laughs> that is not me. Do not. By, by consequence, <laughs> uh, in the film, her character may or may not die at least three times. Oh. But that was purely coincidental on what I was talking about because I've always wanted to be pulverized and murdered. There you go. Oh, I I could torture you if you want. Okay, she means It's uh, getting a little late, guys. Not (laughs) like after the show. By the way, we haven't introduced Neil as a filmmaker. Yeah, we did. He's a friend of the friend. Did we say that he's a filmmaker? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump to that. Tell us about Starship Rising. Um, Starship Rising. Okay, I think it's my 10th feature film. It's That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so hard to make a feature film. It's amazing. Oh, it's, it, it gets harder and harder because it's all technology and stuff, you know, so... Yeah, I'm 40 pages into my script right now, and now I know there have to be like 30 rewrites. You got me all psyched. Ah! <laughs> I don't, don't always do that. <laughs> I, it's, 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 see, as technology... And then you got to make it. <laughs> yeah, and, then <laughs> and then it changes again. But see, as technology changes, the script changes, for me at least, because, you know, it's like, oh, now I can do this. Now I can blow up a planet. That's easy. Yes, I can blow up Los Angeles. Yes, I yeah. can blow up London. I've done all these things. So I can, I can write it in there. I can say I want to do this. And now I can kind of dream it and do it. So that's, that's why I do the rewrites at the moment. You know, we're going to shoot Descent in the Maelstrom in 4K. It's going to be finished in 4K. We're going to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, it, it's, I don't know, going back with Starship, it was, I, I, I bit off more than I could chew. And it took me about a year to finish the film, which is, you know, maybe not the best thing to do because, you know, you've got to get the movie released. And I live off my movies. Uh, and it's, have you ever seen the movie Dune at all? Anyone seen Dune? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, we were talking earlier. I have, uh, that puts me in movie jail. I you, have you, not seen that. You need to watch but Dune. The, Adam has, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it's kind of like, it's, I guess it's like Star Wars crossed with Dune and it's, it's a big epic story. And... 
that's that's all I can say. It's kind of like Game of Thrones in outer space. That that's really the best description. It's a sort of movie you watch once, you go, huh? You watch twice, you go, hmm. And third or fourth time, you start to get it, and that's what I like. That's what happens with all my films. Like Humanity's Ends, a movie I did in 2007, and when it came out, we got really bad reviews. But as time goes through, like we got two out of ten on IMDb, and that, like now it's four out of ten. People watch it a second time, a third time. They say, "Oh, there's something to this," and that's kind of what I like with my films. And and it, I I like to be like a thinking man, science fiction filmmaker. I mean, most people call me crap, and that's fine. <laughs> but my my crap sticks around for a long time. It sticks on the wall. It's good crap. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's impressive. We just <laughs> watched the amazing. trailer for the the. Uh, uh, yeah. star, starship I'm sorry I'm gonna get Starship Rising Starship Rising uh, and it looks like I mean this looks like a real movie like with like a, lots of special effects and fully realized planets and ships and people on yeah. bridges and things yeah. exploding and planets and other planets and other planets it's crazy well, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got all like, I gotta tell you something that happened um, when I finished the film I, we were doing the, the cutting they started doing the trailer a friend of mine he said he watched the movie and he said your spaceship looks like a big black penis. It does. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, he's right. I mean, it's <laughs> when you look at it, I mean, people go and Google this. You go, it is, seriously. It's, and I didn't mean for that to happen. And it's Starship Rising. So it's, ah, ha, ha, you know. So that's kind of, <laughs> and then the, the cat, the, the, thought of that. the catch like, cry <laughs> of the movie is ramming speed. So it's oh, like. The Boubet sisters would love <laughs> So you can now get a movie. t-shirt. You can get a t-shirt yeah, now can. too. He put them up there that has that with that quote. <laughs> because everybody says that. So now he's like marketing. Yeah. That. And then we went, into the gi- I went, we went into this gym in Malibu and there's all these, you know, big black burly guys and they saw the t-shirt and said they, they thought it was a big black cock in the t-shirt my trainer <laughs> yeah my trainer <laughs> so was like he thought it was funny ramming though. speed yeah and it says rammings but i mean it, but he it, thought it was him does it, the ship have <laughs> does the ship have balls yes it does oh, well, on the side go. and you know it, it, but the, it's the head <laughs> of the, the spaceship is, yeah. is very to the left it's very helmet like <laughs> and and it's got that little eye in the middle well it's and where I mean, the bridge is right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do this. Honestly. How do you not mean to do this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Really? You, didn't, you didn't see it? No, not until somebody pointed it out. I was so proud of this ship. This is my best spaceship ever, and I was so happy. And then it's, oh, my what goodness. Are the, ball, are the balls the engines? Or yeah, uh, kind yeah. of the cannons. and the Well, no, the engines are at the rear. So it's kind of the, the, the side baffle things. Uh, where they shoot out the missiles that blow up planets. Well, mm-hmm. in Oblivion, uh, Tom Cruise flew around in a big cock and balls. Remember that? That was a total cock and ball spaceship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like... There was a, that one actually had a scrotum. <laughs> and then hair. They had hair on top of that. Yeah, that's another reason. That's it for wind <laughs> So, I mean, and, and, you know, Tracy and I sort of met... Uh, we, we sort of met around the premiere of that, and we got talking, and she read um, Descent to the Maelstrom, the script, and next minute we're producing it together. We've got a mystery director for that film, mm. which we can't talk about right now, but we can't talk about cool. a lot. Yeah, but we, we sort Whoa, of cast. Glad you had, had you on here. Now, thanks yeah. for coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sure take care. Of that's, that's the Tracy and Neil, everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's completely admirable. Anybody that's made a feature film, much yeah. less ten. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. Try and do it in 4K, and you'll know about suffering. <laughs> it, it's really funny too. If you look at this, this interview with me when I finished the movie, and I was just, I mean, I was fat. I was like Jabba the Hutt, and I look at it, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm so fat. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was sitting down in a chair for like 12 hours a day, you know, seven days a week for yeah. three months. And Stress I like, eating? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I, well, actually, I was doing potato chips and whiskey a lot. Just well, that'll to, do it. Yeah. That's not a balanced diet. There's yeah. a country song. To kill the germs, to kill the germs. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to stay healthy. I was, I was drinking a lot of alcohol to stay healthy. You know? Right, right. He really does. 
Yeah. No, really, I do. Okay. It does. Okay. Well, it's got wheat, right? Sometimes. Well, no. Here's, here's, here's <laughs> the thing. I, I I've done a lot of music videos for famous yeah. bands like uh, Manowar and stuff like that. So I've been on tour with all these heavy metal rock bands, and you know. A lot, a lot of germs. A lot of germs. A lot of girls. <laughs> a lot of germs. <laughs> and the, the problem is, you know, everyone gets sick. You get like a crew of 20 or 50 people and, you know, you're on tour buses. So what I started doing was gargling with vodka. And I swear, this, this is, I learned this from Russian people. And they, they don't have medicine in, in Russia. They have vodka. <laughs> so you gargle with vodka and it kills all the germs. And that's how I stay healthy when I'm under major stress. I, you don't swallow. You have to spit. Only, only, huh. yeah, only. He'll have this and we'll be like at a convention or something. Only I swallow it. Yeah, she shouldn't swallow. It's been like six months. I, I never so used to I'm have a shot of. Right now. Oh God! <laughs> it's going to an amazing place. <laughs> oh God! I'm gonna pull that. <laughs> that I'm gonna pull that clip for future shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we look like alcoholics, but just trying to stay healthy. That's all it is. Of course, naturally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's move on to this because we ask this of every yeah, guest awesome. and guest of guests mm-hmm. who come on. Uh, what is your favorite movie of all time? Well, Tracy, why don't you go first? Okay, well, can I give you a favorite, like, triage? Sure. Like, I love yeah. lots of different genres of movies, but my favorite things to watch are, like, the hangover movies. I love raunchy guy humor. I really do. And, yeah. Do you like so Revenge of the Nerds? And uh, I do. I like all that shit, and it's yeah. really funny, because people are like, why are you laughing? And I laugh really hard. I mean, I love lots of fantastic movies. I love August Osage County. I love anything Star Wars. I love anything Star Trek. I mean, but it's like, I love raunchy guy movies. Me and my youngest daughter... We'll like sit down together. This is a terrible thing to say, and um, watch them all every time they're on Hall Pass. I mean, any of them. Did you dig on the, the, the sequels? I didn't think they measured up to the first time. I loved them. Yeah, that first I love hangover them all. was something else. And I'm in a really good raunchy comedy that I'm shooting in a few months, which is really really fun. Yeah. A lot going on. I, Tracy, got a lot going on. on. Do you want to know what it's called? Because I can tell you. Sure. That yes, cock and yeah, balls. Please. It's Swallow. called this. I this I can tell you. That's funny with what I'm going to say. Ah, Hello. Uh. Okay, it's called Who's Jenna Jameson. I know. Lee knows. Not funny. But it's a comedy. But it's a comedy. So, so I'm is playing it making fun of her? Well, no, it's just everybody thinks I look like her, but it's oh, lots, of, lots and lots of raunchy humor you do. behind That's cool. That. That's you a do. good thing. I mean, they could say you but look like Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, point. you know, they could. That's Maybe they when I do me. that. You don't. When I do that horror film, <laughs> right? right? When I have my Ron Jeremy hair on. What's your favorite movie of all time, Neil? Uh, I would say The Empire Strikes Back. Nice. Oh, you're not the first Good person in 70 shows to say that. But well, it, it, actually, no. Empire? He might be the first. No, Most no, people say Star Wars. There was one Empire. Oh, okay. I uh, bet Audrey Kearns maybe even recently. Someone recently mentioned it. Yeah. But that's because it's a great choice. I can recite any any line from Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, <laughs> I can have fun with that. Here, we'll uh, we'll play a quick <laughs> clip of it. Once I get my license tomorrow, I'll kind of... Oh, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so not it. No, fuck Episode one. Uh, I was going to play the stupid Mumford thing. Never mind. Go ahead. No ah! disintegration. <laughs> Maybe you could just give us a few lines. It'll be just like he played a little here, bit of it. Here, uh, well, name a scene. No disintegration. Just pick. Wait, wait, uh, just make it good. Wait, like are you, are you ch- so you're challenging thing. us. We name a scene. You no, give I'm going to say, yeah. say a line, and you say the line comes after it, right? Okay. okay. Let's do that. Ooh. No disintegration. Well, there is no line after that. Oh, see, yeah, that's does. a trick question. <laughs> okay. That's what he said by Buffett. But he knew the answer. He says, as you wish. As you wish. Well, it's just, you know, oh, okay, make, wait. I think I'm going to make him fat line. It's like uh, a new game. A sister. You have a twin sister. Oh. And he keeps But talking. that's Return of the Jedi. Oh, it is Return of the oh! Jedi. Oh! Your thoughts betray her, too. It's okay, another wait. trick question. But that's a correct <laughs> answer, though. They even called me out on that. Perhaps <laughs> you feel you're being treated unfairly. Did I say that right? Maybe I didn't. Sorry, we're well, screwing this up. You can correct him and then do the next line. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. <laughs> <laughs> Got one. 
That's an easy one. Where I said the right one. It was still awesome. The deal's getting worse all the time. There we go. That's why I was going for the Or anytime Lando says Han. 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 It's still time to save Han. He was being choked. Give me your favorite Lobot line. There was no lines. He's dead, by the way. Is he? Lobot die? It's really sad. He's one of the great first secondary characters that you're like, I wonder what that guy's day is like. You know, like he just kind of shows up for a little bit and then he obviously has a whole day. What did Power shows- Droid do before Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> I just like the fact he was sitting in a room with his eyes closed. Yeah. And then, you know, Lando hit this button and he suddenly his eyes open. Oh, I'm a, I've got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just no, sitting there in the room. He has no will. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. And, and one of the great things about Star Wars is that. That guy had a whole day before that. He had to go and he had to sit down. But all you ever see is the moment his lo- eyes come on and then he just goes and helps Lando. But he's just been sitting there all day or doing whatever. Yeah. Well, th- well there is some uh, deleted scenes where you can actually see him running around Cloud City as well doing other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's on the Blu-ray, I think, or you know, it it does Sweet. exist. So more you know, Lobot. He, yeah, he was doing it. He was just walking around, ch- being chased by stormtroopers. So, yeah. Do you think it was because Irvin Kershner directed it that it was so great? Yeah, that that yes. the reins were handed off and got fresh eyes on it? Yeah, I, I see Irvin Kershner was really, and I've read the making of books, he was really working with the actors as much as possible, trying to bring out their character. And he actually really contributed a bit to the script as well. They were trying to really change the script so that it was, you know, he, he made some notes to try, try, try to bring the characters alive. And you can see he did alternate uh, takes on, you know, like Han Solo and Princess Leia walking up the um, the ice cabin in Hoth, you know, when they're sort of, you know, Han, blah, 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 and they're, they're, they're arguing with each other. The original version of that is is so long, and they're talking about all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of script writing, for me at least, I find is made in the edit room. And when you see the outtakes of Empire Strikes Back, you can see how much extra stuff there was. It's remarkable. Uh, you can see what Irvin Kirshner cut out and he made a whole new sequence out of their conversation. The original conversation was going all over the place. Yeah, too so, much info. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that's the secret with him. It, he's, he really worked the edit really heavily and maybe that was George Lucas taking over I don't know but it's and improvised on the set right isn't oh, I love you I know the whole famous there was Han and Leia all, there's so many improvs yeah. and that's something I learned to do too is a lot of improvisation and that's something uh, Tracy is, is very excited about too because you know we've got uh, Descent in the Maelstrom coming out where we're actually it's all character stuff you know I've done explosion sci-fi stuff and now we're doing a major time travel character movie with explosions in the background but it's all about the people so that's kind of what we're going to you know, go for is, is spend more time shooting and doing improv and stuff. And I, I think that worked with The Empire Strikes Back is because there is this life to it. You know, it's a reality. Naturalism. Yeah. Ex- except yeah. when Princess Leia kisses her brother. And the original <laughs> version was a major smooch on the lips. And, you know, I think they cut that They didn't down. know yet. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I love that. You know, I think it's great because, you know, it's, I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, Empire. don't know. Empire Strikes Back is quite the balancing act, too, because it's a second-act movie. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of uh, gigantic plot movements like there is in Star Wars or maybe Jedi, but definitely Star Wars is like a very tight plot, and it's here, and it's here, and it's here, and it's delivering. And that one is just more being with the characters and watching them evolve as people. So, you know, you kind of almost can't have George Lucas's directing style of actors to try and sell that. Exactly. I think the same can be said of The Hangover, too. Right, Tracy? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to talk about a deep movie now. Yes, The Hangover. <laughs> By the way, The Hangover, to, to jump over to The Hangover, mm-hmm. I have to say, 
I love that it, it took this, uh, you know, sort of uh, Revenge of the Nerds type thing, but added this amazing plot storytelling, this reverse storytelling style. See? I won't yeah. see the third one. I love that they did the same thing mm -hmm. in the second one mm -hmm. because it's the only comedy, raunchy comedy, that's ever done this like memento storytelling style. Mm -hmm. And so that they didn't do that for the third one. That's like watching John McClane not be in a not be trapped in an enclosed space. Like once he starts running all over the place, you're like. Well, what's the point of being a diehard movie if you're all over the United States? Which happened, and that's like what audiences said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know what else it is with The Hangover, since they do have the plot? You can't stop watching it. Like, if you're watching it, you can't, like, run to the bathroom or something, because you'll miss something. Like, yeah. something really, really funny. It's like a tight plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would discover everything they were up to as they do. It's, it's great. Yeah, that is a funny movie. There you Am go. I stating the obvious? But when you watch that the second time, you realize if, you're, if you were paying attention the first time, you figure it out <laughs> in the first five minutes. Hey, his mattress is missing. They walk right outside and go, hey, there's a mattress on the roof. And then the next hour and a half, we're wondering where this guy is. See, and I love that it's so random, too. I love randomness. Yeah, Any sort of random comedy. Yeah, yeah. Galifianakis says, what's his name, Brad, Steve, Mike? Who? who uh, Justin Which Bartha? Which yeah, one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the other one? The other one? The other one. Hey, the other one's Do gone, we... and his mattress is missing. <laughs> Movie's over! <laughs> All right, before we get to, oh, before we get to uh, what did you see this week, I want to ask quickly because we mentioned this concept earlier in the show. Do you guys have a movie that puts you in movie jail? A classic mm. that you've never seen? I don't. Tracy. I can't think of a classic because I haven't seen Vertigo. Like that's my oh my god! I just watched Vertigo again like six months ago. I've watched that movie so many times. Like every year, I watch that. Holds up. Pardon? Holds up. Holds up. Yeah. Um, but. Re I have recent movies that put me in movie jail, like even when with nominating and stuff, like 12 Years a Slave, I haven't sat down and watched oh. that. I mean, we're supposed to watch now, all of these movies. This, this is one of the funny things about movie jails, because we can go, no, you're not in movie jail for that. Like, well, you could just decide, like, eh, Hang you're on. fine not doing that. With all the awards and everything, I think that, I think, yeah, I think, maybe that one is. I think I'd maybe like, that's movie I'd like the handcuffs, home, please. you know, jail. Let me, <laughs> the, let me put this to you, Adam. Uh, the one I haven't movie seen detention. is Top Gun. Is that movie jail? Oh, yeah. wow. Probably not. I don't think so. I don't think so. No? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. yes. See? Val, Val Kilmer. I'm getting but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know In if we get state. to I don't know if we get to vote. Sure, if you're oh, saying yeah, you yes do. to sure, me, you, I agree. We do. <laughs> yeah, sure. If you agree with me, you get to vote. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, movie jail. I've seen it. Okay. Everybody's seen it. <laughs> Just thinking of Simpson Bruckheimer that you need to. I do. like all movies that have the Pointer Sisters singing in it. Well, so. everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's gonna sell a movie. Who well, I haven't seen yeah. this movie, True Believer. Yeah, what is this the back here? Yeah, a poster on our wall. It's got uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's Robert Downey Jr. Love Fest on the wall. I haven't seen it either. True Believer and Air America. Air America on the wall here. Just for a moment, Paul, if you could read the little catchphrase there, I think it says the, everything between RDJ and Mel, <laughs> Mel Gibson. Gibson. Air America, the few, the proud, the totally insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. But they've been huge supporters of one another, apparently. Uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was on Howard Stern this week talking about how, well, we all know that Robert Downey was one of the first guys to write a big letter to Hollywood saying, forgive Mel Gibson. It's because I guess when Robert Downey was in his big drug state, Mel was there for him. I think right here, Air America was because Robert Downey Jr.'s big, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of forgiveness out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, n I, nearly I nearly drove over Mel Gibson once. I was living in Sherman Oaks, and he was walking the street with his wife. I get that girl, that crazy woman who recorded him. Oh, so not Robin, not Robin. No, no, not yeah. not. I mean, the second wife, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then they were walking the street with the. I think they had a baby or something. It was, and he just walked out in front of me, and I nearly ran him over, oh, and which yeah. is really strange. Yeah, you know, during the middle of the day, right. it, they were going for a walk. I thought it was weird that he would be in Sherman Oaks. 
Well, he'd be in Malibu or something. Right? A, exactly. Right. No, but he, he would he would go down to the local. They were living in the, the Sherman Oaks Hills. Oh, okay. And they would, he would go to the local bar and get drunk. There's all those photos of him. You know, people, ha- that's where he'd go and drink. And hmm. You know where he drank in Malibu where he got caught all the time was Moonshadows. Oh, oh he was a Moonshadows boy? He was a Moonshadows oh, boy, yeah. His whole too. family still lives there. I've been caught there. You were caught there with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What does yeah. the table think of Iron Man 4 starring Robert Downey Jr. written by Shane Black and directed by Mel Gibson? This is on the table for consideration. Amazing, right? There'll be a lot of one of the great things that you could possibly imagine happening. First of all, Marvel doesn't like to pay anybody any money. Who do you have to pay less money than Mel Gibson to be in a prestige project right now? (laughs) Is he going to direct the shit out of it? It's Mel Gibson. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Iron Man Four, directed by Mel Gibson. Uh, There'll be a a torture scene in it for sure. Sure. Yeah, written by Shane Black. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, that would be the best. (laughs) And then make him the bad guy. He plays bad guys now. Now he can play a bad guy uh, because he, we buy it. He had to become yeah. a bad guy to beca- play one, but anyway. <laughs> uh, before we go into what did you see this week, uh, Tracy, you appeared also on Family Ties. Yes, oh, yeah, I yeah. did. Many, many moons ago. How cool was that? Very, That's very, very young, cool. very, very, very young, yeah. But you already knew no, the show amazing. before you showed up on it, right? You like knew it as I a did. show? Yeah. I did, I knew cool. it, yeah. So, so you're walking onto the this That set. must have been intimidating. You like know, that, it was, living that was back when your heart still raced when you walked on a set. You didn't show it, but your heart still raced. Yeah. So that was that was pretty exciting because you're familiar with all the people and things like that. But then they, they just treat you just like, you know... Just like your family, so oh. it makes did, it so easy. Did you have interactions with everybody in the cast? Were you like in a scene with like Michael J. Fox? Or Michael Gray? Yeah. Did you make yeah. out with Michael J. Fox? I did not make out. With <laughs> 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 oh, no, that's something on different strokes. <laughs> Movie guys hey, hey, exclusive. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you were on different cool. strokes as well. That was after hours. <laughs> You're very funny. Were um, you, yeah, we're like no wait. Were you on different strokes? Did you get to be on the one with Tootie? Act <laughs> <laughs> of life. Why. A tootie, that is so oh, funny. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh, can you believe we watched Facts of Life looking back on it? I, like, what were we thinking? I, think I never missed Facts of Life. Me How either. stupid is that? I, love I was embarrassed that I watched it, but I was like a closet junkie, right? you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because you take the good and you take the bad. Yeah. You take Facts them both. And there you have. You really were on different strokes, weren't you? I really was, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Never missed that show either. Oh, I watched that. Yeah, my friend go. used to be the stand-in for Arnold because he was always getting his dialysis, and so he right. couldn't be on the set when they would do blocking rehearsals and stuff. And so she would do that and then go and tell him his blocking when he was doing his dialysis. Wow. Whoa. Really yeah, Robin, who I did oh, nonsense yeah, yeah, yeah. with. Yeah, right. now, how old yeah. were you when you were on these the sets of Facts of Life? Different Three. <laughs> Three. She was a wow. child. I, I started at two. No, I <laughs> she was a baby twin. <laughs> I'd really like. I was young. I was oh, very wow. young. Yeah. What a fun playground. Yeah, yeah. It was a, fl- it no was a fun comment. playground. No comment. No comment is a perfectly no acceptable answer. Yeah. yeah. It may not no be comment. an acceptable question, Adam. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, let's play another Just round. Just curious, of you're making out like a fox. Hey, 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 hey! hey. All right, what did you see this week? Table. Did you see anything cool? I can tell you, we did. Karen and I went to see Gone Girl. Oh, oh, I want to see oh that. Oh, my gosh. And David it's, Fincher's a genius still? And yes. Fantastic. <laughs> David Fincher, it one of the premier directors of our time. Uh, Make sure you see everything he does. Right? Lee, I will tell you, uh, this is an inside joke thing. <laughs> Lee, I will tell you, it is not the movie you think it's going to be, <laughs> which makes it even better. Thank God, I want to see it now. <laughs> yes, that trailer. It's good. Is, That's a great trailer. I don't know who Brilliant. lobbied to make that trailer. Uh, probably Fincher. Brilliant. You know, because I bet she has a kind of pull to say, "Oh yeah, 
Let's only give away so much information about nice. this movie because there's a whole new world of the film that you uh, are not. So privy we're to. just seeing like the first act in that trailer, aren't we? Uh, uh, yeah, half an act, maybe. Yeah, I might even yeah. Say. Shit, it's good. Sweet. Th- that story. I love when you're in a movie and you go, "That's everything I've seen in the trailer," yeah. and we're only a half hour into this yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's um, a neat thing. I don't want to give anything away, so I'll be careful. There's a neat thing about time in this movie because a lot of stuff happens. And then a little title card will come up and say, day two, missing. And you're like, holy shit, all that stuff wow. happened in two days. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Lots of stuff yeah. happens. And a little uh, The Shining vibe, right? Uh, occasionally a title comes yeah. up. Is that kind of... Oh, like no, it, it creeps down the bottom left hand Just corner. so that okay. you can so. see where they are in like her being missing and this and that. It gives you a timeline. And you just realize how, you know, when someone's missing, like whenever that little girl was missing, um, I can't remember her name, the one who played the violin or the cello, whatever. Uh, it, it, to us, we go about our lives and time goes by, but for them, they're consumed with it. Yes. So, so much happens in the first day the person's missing. It's mm-hmm. just because their whole life has stopped. It's so neat. And actress, actresses on parade in that movie. Oh. Kim Dickens is fantastic. Rosamund yeah. Pike in the lead is She's awesome. She's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're two What a wonderful role, too, for a woman. Great yeah. part. And not to slight Affleck, who's also very good in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's full. It's Fincher. It's great. Did they find out who killed Laura Palmer? You know what? They turned on the fan at the top of the stairs. <laughs> you know that's that coming creepy back guy too, right? came out. Oh my god! Twin Peaks returns. That's Very exciting. Be uh, we also saw the Equalizer. Oh, I and that is so a movie bad. you think it's going to be, and it totally delivers. Perfect. Yeah. That movie's everything you expect, Adam. Oh. Uh, guy walking away from an explosion in slow motion. Yes, check. Check, check with the biggest explosion. No, the biggest Boston ever. has ever seen. It's yeah. a huge explosion. Yeah. I mean, does he have a particular set of skills? Yes. yes. Does he have yes. a routine? the way he eats and moves his everything yeah, very, around very, the very same very way every precise. time until it's disrupted. Ah. <laughs> I love that shit. Someone young he's got to protect? Check. Check. Oh. It's all there. Is everything else, uh, everything else he good? He gets pulled okay. back in. Doesn't matter. Paul, he gets pulled, he back, gets in. pulled back, in. back in. He was out. Pulled back in. <laughs> and it has a fantastic ending. Very, very ending. Ooh. Yeah. So do you leave satisfied? It's so good. Lee, you want to go see this one with me? It's really good. I do. I do have a question, though. Yeah. Does it start out with him kicking ass? And does he continue to kick ass? Oh, I think he's out of the game at the beginning. He's out. Uh, you know, he's draw. Yeah, That's it's a slow draw thing. into kicking ass. You know what? It almost, but you don't realize who oh. he is in, at first. No, right? because he's yeah. such a good guy. At one point, he almost made me cry at the beginning. That's true. Because he's helping uh, one of these guys who he works with at like a you know minimum wage job to lose weight so he can get a better job as a security guard. Mm. So he helps him with his diet and his workout. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> here's a straight and noble guy. I wonder if he has a history of being a killer. <laughs> in a fight, who would win? Uh-oh. Equalizer or Jack Reacher? Oh, oh, good question. It depends on whether or not you're using guns or things that are found objects. But that's the cool thing, yeah. Hand to hand? Jack Reacher doesn't use many guns either, oh. does he? That's true. He doesn't use a gun at all, does he? I need to let guest of guests know you answered incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun wins. Lee, Lee is our Tom Cruise apologist. <laughs> I agree. He has yet to find a Tom Cruise movie he can't apologize. He, he refused to apologize for. I will say one more thing that you won't get until you see the movie. He does eventually use a gun. Oh. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited to see this. Speaking of the Equalizer, Paul and I sat down and watched Three Days to Kill, which is Kevin Costner doing awesome Equalizer shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all the things you want from a Luc Besson produced movie. Yeah, showrunner, Luc Besson. Way better than director Luc Besson at this point. It's at true. Least. Yeah. That is true. Uh, Three Days to Kill is better than The Family. Both tried to be funny and have action. Three Days to Kill does it better. 
Do you think Karen would like Three Days to Kill? Because there's so much funny personality you know what? I things like, in it. I'd love The Equalizer, and you and I can agree on those okay. kind of movies. So I'd probably like it. You would, I think. And you I would like, like Kevin Costner. And this one has uh, Three Days to Kill has a lot more personality than like shooting and chasing. Shooting and chasing is like maybe 15 percent of the movie, uh, but the personality stuff is really good. There's just I mean, there's a whole bunch of characters that populate it that he ends up dealing with, and he's always trying to you know you know the shot from the trailer where he's hears the bumping in the trunk. He's trying to relate to his daughter. He goes back and he goes I'm trying to have a conversation with my daughter and slams the trunk on a guy there's just a bunch of stuff like that she puts this ringtone on his phone it becomes a running joke like what that what's that pop song i don't care whatever that. she puts that ringtone so when she calls you know so he'll be in the middle of tying a guy up in the shower about to about to put like electrical things on his nipples and then just this ringtone comes in and he goes hold on a second i have to get this hi honey you know it's all somehow, moments like that somehow mick g directed yeah. scenes like that to where they're not goofy funny, but they just kind of play real funny. And I'm impressed by that, considering I'm, I could give or take McG. Well, Charlie's Angels is good, McG, but I don't. I, but I can't get a beat on what McG is when you look at the breadth of his career. Yeah, exactly. Like I like Charlie's Angels ish, you know. And it's a relatively bloodless movie as well. It's, yeah. It's and the bad guys. See, one of the things that's oh. hard to watch about Equalizer is the bad guys are like ruthless and they kill whores and stuff, and it's they're kind of nasty and yeah, bloody. bloody. The ones in Three Days to Kill are just like. Evil bad guys you've heard of. Yeah. He's just got to get them. But they don't spend the movie showing you how bad they are by having them do a bunch of bloody killing. This is the greatest thing. The first five minutes of the movie is like the greatest. There's just this monologue that this uh, CIA person who's informing us, but somebody in the room for, supposedly too, about everything that we're going to need to know and then just get out of the way. Like the real, it's it's such a get it out of the way conversation. It's like, this man is called the wolf. He's dealing with this man, the albino. Like, I mean, the series they're called the wolf, totally the true. albino, the accountant. Are the people they're looking for, and so like, and then it's like, he, so he goes off. He tries to become a father to his daughter. Something interrupts it, and he's got to go get the wolf, and then he's got to go get the accountant. And they, it's just like, it's so funny. I, I love it. And it's, it's great. Costner, understated, charming, right? Funny. You know, Costner being awesome. Yeah, it's good. And kicking ass. So, and then you want to say a few words about the good lie? And we saw the good lie, and it surprised the crap out of me because I thought, oh, cute Reese Witherspoon movie, and and it starts out in Sudan. So it's an Africa. Like any Reese Witherspoon movie. Exactly. So I know that Reese Witherspoon's going to show up. And I'm like, oh, when she shows up, it's going to be weird, right? So they're in the Sudan, and they're in trees climbing, and they're getting attacked by militias and stuff. And the kids are all running and taking care of themselves. And they're fantastic kid actors, by the way. Continuing fantastic. the streak of good child actors right. lately. But Normally, I don't like to see them, but they've been great lately. The good news is Reese Witherspoon does not show up. Until they get back to Minneapolis or somewhere? Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Then when she shows up, it's fine because now we're in her world. But right. boy, she's great. And the movie, again, a crier. Oh my gosh, about family and history of where you've come from. And the good oh. lie, what's the title? Pre 9 11, the Sudanese Huckabay refugees fan. would be taken in to uh, America and just put to work in, in places just to. Get up the get them the McDonald's, fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. yeah when they, this is right before nine eleven, and when they were still taking people yeah, in, and then this happened, and then that's part of the problem is they couldn't do something else. But uh, the good lie comes from the idea of Huckleberry Finn, where he lies and says that Jim is his slave because he isn't his slave. But by that point in the book, Huckleberry Finn learns that sometimes you have to lie for the right reasons. I got gotcha. and that sort of happens in this. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That theme runs uh, later in the film. And it's full of good actors you've never heard of who at the end of the movie you find out are all either Sudanese refugees yeah. themselves or descendants of. Yeah. And so they're not actors who are doing great, subtle work. 
And you got to buy into one big concept, though. You're dealing with bodies floating in a river and helicopters coming in and just shooting up African villages. And then suddenly we're in Kansas City doing a little fish out of water stuff with the Sudanese. Don't know what an escalator is. What is McDonald's? If you can can just buy into that, uh, the heart's in the right place of this movie, and it's, it's pretty entertaining. And Reese Witherspoon doesn't ruin it. No, she's got an Oscar. She All can right. she can do it when What'd she needs to. What'd she get an to. Oscar for? Walk the line. Yeah, oh. that was really, yeah. she was great in that. Mm-hmm. All right, Karen, well, since you're talking, let's uh, <laughs> okay. have Karen give her a weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. Karen's birthdays, take All it right. away. All right, let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Artie Lang, who turns 46, despite his best efforts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well put. <laughs> Next up, let's wish a happy birthday to Miss Joan Cusick, who turns 51 but can play anywhere from everyone's best friend to everyone's mom. We all know Joan from her work in Working Girl and In-N-Out, both Oscar-nominated for Best support Supporting Actress in a Role, and is a voice of Jesse in the Toy Story movies. But, I ask you, what roles did Miss Cusack turn down? Hmm. So I'm going to tell you the role that she turned down and see if you can name the actress for me that actually went on to get the role. All right, in The Accused, she turned down the role of Sarah Tobias. I'll the guess. best friend in The Accused? Kelly McGillis? <laughs> <laughs> no. She wouldn't take She's on the, the big it part. Would, it was um, Jodie Foster. It was a big part. What? Oh, yeah. The big role? The big role. Joan Cusack? Yes, but wow. she couldn't do it for some reason. Gangs of New York. The, the, role. C- the Cameron Diaz part. Yeah. Wow, that would the, be But that one is interesting because she was offered that when she was younger, but it took 20 years to make the movie. Oh, so I eventually see. she out-aged it, yeah. sadly. Pulp Rake's Fiction. victim in horror so far. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Oh. I don't want to give you the name of the character because you'll know right the away. The girl with the shit in her face? Uh-uh. You would think... You <laughs> would that? think... What's that line? Is that the girl with the shit all, <laughs> oh, all, yeah. the shit all over her Anarchette. face? No. Who's <laughs> Anarchette? No. <laughs> That's Bonnie. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she actually was Mia... Oh, so Mia Wallace. Thurman's character. So, uh, yeah, so wow. she, some of these are really big parts. They are. Apparently, she Joe likes Cusack never gets big quirky parts. best friend. It's apparently, so weird that she's up for them. And <laughs> this is a quirky best friend kind of thing. But uh, the part of Bobby in the Stepford Wives, she had that role, but then her mother got sick and she had to leave, so it went to not a huge part. Kathy and Jimmy. No, you'd think that'd be good. Miss Bette Midler. Oh, Bette Midler, right? right yeah, right. but I remember that character be very beautiful. Her whole point was that she was super beautiful, so. Apparently, she's helping herself play the awkward friend a, by not taking all these leads. Of, a friend of mine in Chicago got rear-ended by Joan <gasps> Cusack. She got rear-ended I in her car it. and gets out, and who gets out of the other car but Joan? It's Becky Eldridge. Got rear-ended by Joan Cusack. Literally. Was she cool? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool as you can be. Uh, here's some information. Okay, i got to get on with my day because I'm obviously in a hurry, and I'm Joan Cusack. <laughs> and I just rear-ended your car. This has nothing to do with birthdays or Joan Cusack, but I do want to say that Dennis Quaid, he um, came upon an accident scene when my friend was in it and was a super awesome guy about it. My Sweet. friend was in an intersection, got sideswiped. That car went wherever. She passed out when she came to in the middle <laughs> of the intersection in her ball, you know, the bag. She looks up, and she's like, I must be dead. Because there's Dennis Quaid. Oh, <laughs> I would think that. I mean, I, I'm right? a very heterosexual man, but I would love to. If I ever she have an accident, me. I would want Dennis Quaid to be there when I came. And too. he was like, "All right, sweetheart, how are you? Okay, here." And he was he so just seemed to be in control. Uh, he was so amazing. I would be staring at his veiny, amazing arms. But um, he was so amazing that she remembers him just saying. I've called 911. I'll stay with you until they get here. Now it's important that you tell me if you have anything valuable in the car, like your phone, your computer. I want you to, I'm going to put that all in the ambulance with you so no one steals it. 
He got her purse, her computer, all that. And he didn't take it. He put it in the ambulance yeah. with her. And then she said what I would say. Hey, you were in Jaws 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to our I thought last. I might have been DOA. <laughs> our last birthday for today is for Mr. Daryl Hall, who turned 67, but could play anywhere from that tall Jesus blonde guy. Jesus Christ, 67? Six, I know. Daryl Hall? Daryl Hall. Damn. I believe that evokes. <laughs> <laughs> you can play anywhere from the tall blonde one to that guy with Lyme disease. All right. So I have a game for you. Uh, I'm going to give you four movie titles. All right. Four movie titles. And you're going to tell me which movie did not have a Hall & Oates song in it. Ooh, I like Ooh, this. And for fun, I will, after you guessed, I'll tell you what song. We've been talking a lot. Throw this to the guests. All right. Yeah. All right, guests, here oh, we go. Thanks, thanks. Tracy. Yeah, I'm going to give yeah, you the answer right here. Tracy, we, uh, we know a lot about movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't All right, know if you guessed so that. now here are the four movies. Which one does not have a Hall & Oates song in it? Awesome. I have a feeling you're going to do very good with this. All right, Better Off Dead. because so, we're on the same team. Yeah. All right, Better <laughs> Off Dead, The Breakfast Club, Earth Girls Are Easy, and she's out of my league. She's out of my league. That's what you'd think. No, you wouldn't think. Oh, I bet you I know. Or number one. Well, yeah, you might think that. No, um, and she's out of my league. They have every time you go away, and your kiss is on my list. Oh, that's, oh. I know, right? Oh. Who would think? And every time you go away is also in Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. No, that's, that's a trick question. I knew it. Is I that in 16 it. Candles? I didn't know it or you would have said it's, it. I knew it was going to be that. That's playing 23 in automobiles. I did that on purpose. Damn it. Good, you fell yeah. for it. <sighs> you know nice. what? Nice, I knew you'd know that. I knew it was Breakfast Club at first, and then when you said that, I was like, no, wait, that's in Breakfast Club. Wait until the second question. All right. Uh-oh. Oh, you've already looked? I've, I've seen the... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, got some, you got some answers coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next group of movies. Tracy Bird's all cheating. <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm just looking at the script. <laughs> the Wedding Singer. Night and Day. And <gasps> Top Gun. Oh, my God. I hated Night and Day. Earlier. Oh, did you? I hated that movie. Oh, oh, my God. That was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Please. Which one? Am I in trouble? No, no. I mean, because, like, because really, I promise, really hated it. I, you probably did. And I promise you, you didn't hate it because of Tom Cruise. He's not the reason you hate anything. I hated it because nothing was believable in the whole thing. Oh, well, ah, 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 I feel like I'm watching like However. a play. You know, it's like the special effects were bad, the sets were bad. Now we're talking night and day, right? Yeah. All right. I gotta tell you, there's, I I, there's a thing I call there's a thing I call the Batman and Robin rule. That is to say, <laughs> once Batman slides down the dinosaur's neck at the very beginning and says, hi, you freeze on Batman. That movie doesn't owe you anything because it's already set that there are no rules. Now, I would say that night and day starts once he takes out all those guys on the plane completely improbably and then lands a jet in a, in a cornfield. The movie doesn't owe you anything for the rest of it because it's already set where its boundaries are. It just, you know, it's so corny right there. Like right okay, but that's the beginning. You're doing great, June. I know, but I was already over it by then, and I had to sit through it. I but know. Anyway. See, you couldn't decide to turn it off, right? Doing good, June. No, I see. Great, no. June. Yep. <laughs> All right, oh so God. here we go. Tracy's so. last appearance on our. <laughs> <laughs> hey. All right, so I have to bring I'll... back another guest. Remember? <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> bring a guest of a guest. Watch it. All right. So again, they are planes. Tra- Which one does not? Oh, have a. I know the answer. Hold on. Planes, trains, and automobiles. The wedding singer. Night and day. Or Top Gun. Any guesses? I do. I have a guess. Guys, you guys have a guess. I'll provide the ticking. Tick, tick. I think tick, because tick. I think Wedding Singer is your, your goof in there because it's full of 80s music, but I don't think there's a Hall & Oates song in that. I'm so good at this, right? Yes. Yeah. Nope. 
No? They have You Make My Dreams. Uh, you Make My Dreams Come True. Yes. Oh. Wait, go ahead. Yeah, Top Gun, gun right? Because you'd think. You'd yeah. think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, uh, you I'm cannot do a gay volleyball scene. Oh, wait, you know, <laughs> you know what confused me there? You know what confused me there? They sing... Uh, don't they sing You've Lost That Love and Feeling? Which yeah. they covered. Right. All in uh, it's covered. Question. And I got confused. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, but that's... Yeah. Th- I worked very hard on this. All right, lastly. <laughs> <laughs> so here's our list of four. Which one does not have Hollow Okay. St. Elmo's Fire, Bad Teacher, The Fighter, and Ruthless People. Mm. Again, St. Wow. Elmo's Fire, Bad Teacher, The Fighter, See, St. Elmo's Fire, you'd think people. it would, right? You think it would? But she's good at trick questions. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Now it's a double trick, so. It's a double. It's a double trick. This is a tricky one. Ruthless people obviously would have it in there. I think well, see, that, that just seemed to go for. That the, would be my first guess. Would, would it be? be? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would think that would obviously. Neil, would take a guess. I'm gonna say ruthless people. And that's what I wanted you to do. <laughs> she is evil. Karen is evil. She's a ruthless person. That's right. <laughs> when it comes to my quizzes, nope. Uh, but the thing that's kind of fun is out of the three that are left, St. Elmo's Fire, Bad Teacher, and The Fighter, it's the same song in two of the movies. Ooh. Ah. Now, now, I would say, obviously, you would say, oh, The Fighter, it can't be in that. No, so it's it in is. that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, okay. I, I <laughs> okay. Exactly. Now right. you're thinking like me. And you'd say, St. Elmo's Fire, obviously, it's in that. So it isn't. So it isn't. <laughs> so it's. So it's St. Elmo's Fire. It's not in there. <laughs> All right. So, and Lee. You know how much I love to hear celebrities saying. People ask me all the time, tell me two things about Karen. One, loves deep throat. Two, loves when celebrities sing. I I concur. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. All right. And calling back to her, you got to swallow thing. Okay. Oh, Oh. thank you very much. (laughs) Please, from your diaphragm, Karen. Let's go. Um. I would like us all to listen to the lovely singing styling of... My favorite song from Runaway Bride, Ooh. a little man eater from Holland Oats. Deep throat! <laughs> Everybody! There are so many great movies I love that have Holland Oats music in them. WNBC. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, all that shit. Thanks to Tracy Birdsall. Yeah. Again, go to dawnofthecrescentmoon.com. And what's Dawn. your Twitter handle? Oh, Tracy Birdsall1. At oh, Tracy yeah. Birdsall1. That's me, one. though. That's my Twitter handle. I don't know their Twitter handle. You, you what? Oh, I don't know their Twitter No, no that'll, all, that'll all come down the pike. And if you go to the, the website. We'll just follow you and you'll tell us. You'll yeah, yeah we'll do that. And special thanks to Neil Johnson. You can find Starship Rising right now in your Walmart or your iTunes. And uh, what else you got to plug? You got a, a website production company website? Yeah, uh, www.empire.com. E-M minus P-I-R-E. Com. Named his production company after Empire Strikes Back. After his favorite movie. Yeah. Nice. Right now, right now, Neil, I feel like I could take on the whole empire myself. <laughs> I know what you mean. Thank you. Hey! <laughs> well and we'll be about thanks also to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. Hi, and remember, Steve. you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. We'll be back next week with um, a lot of movies to cover. There's Fury, The Book of Life, Men, Women, and Children, Kill the Messenger, Birdman. We don't know what we're going to do Ooh, to the cover Nick them Fury all. Story. But we'll do everything that we can, and we'll see you then. She's a deep throater. <laughs> That's right. She's a man-eater, all right. <laughs>